Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. And with us today is our special guest from West Palm Beach in Florida, Charles Collins, who will be introduced more formally shortly. As a special gift to all our listeners, pop along to www.excellencepodcast.com, that's excellencepodcast.com, and download your free 48-page ebook called Building Excellence, Ideas to help you on your journey to creating excellence in your business and your life. So, Charles, welcome. We're de- absolutely delighted to have you here all the way from sunny Florida today. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Rail. Um, now, for our listeners, Charles is uh, a best-selling author. He's written a couple of books, uh, and it, this is really interesting stuff. His first book, um, Making a Masterpiece of Your Life, and uh, the second book, uh, The Way of, of Craftsmanship. And uh, he, he specializes in helping, uh, you know, people tune into their life as a craft, but he also does this in business rather interestingly. So, Charles, um, how do we become uh, qualified craftsmen of our life? That's a great question to get started for your audience. You know, let's take a look at uh, what a craftsman or craftswoman is historically as we've learned these and practiced these in our trades, occupations, and professions. And then let's lay that on top of our own lives and see, in fact, how we can use it in a practical and realistic way to achieve results high above and beyond uh, trial and error and the, the hit and miss of, of daily life. Um, you know, in our trades, occupations, and professions, uh, we as a species seem to have done a, an enormously good job of uh, starting a particular uh, something, a work of some sort or another, whether it's a mind work or work with one's hands. And over time and centuries, we have surrounded this trade or craft or knowledge with us with a series of steps and processes and materials and tools and all of these different elements and components that distinguish one individual craft from another such that over time one can enter into a particular trade or craft learn the knowledge of it learn the processes learn the materials and those tools and progressively over time move from apprentice to journeyman, to master craftsman or woman, and then on to mentor, respected teacher. So the idea behind life as a craft and becoming a craftsperson of one's own life takes that universal understanding that all of humanity practices and says, if the primary material of one's life is one's own self, your inner human being and your outer human being. And if that is the primary material of the craft, then what are the range of knowledge and processes and tools that I can learn to use with progressive excellence over my lifetime to effectively make my life a masterpiece as compared to allowing 
life and its experiences to hit me haphazardly like a bug on a windshield. <laughs> so to learn to be a craftsperson of one's own life, first and foremost, means that one needs to see oneself as the craftsperson of one's own life. And that is to accept the idea that one is responsible at the end of the day for making oneself a masterpiece. Now, what your masterpiece is going to look like, what you envision it to be versus someone else is what makes each individual masterpiece unique. Indeed. But what makes them all the same is that it takes observation, practice, and the skillful use of tools in order for a masterpiece to come about. Otherwise, it's just a collage of things stuck together in a random order. So, so what kind of tools, Charles, are we talking about? Well, if we look at the primary material, which is the inner human being and the outer human being, right, the physical and the intangible, then the tools that are available to us to work on these two halves of the human being are without number, really. The outer human being tools can be anything from exercise and, you know, weightlifting and walking and, you know, all the many different things to the foods that we eat and the medicinals that we use to make sure that our body is in good shape and condition. And we're learning about these and these tools all the time from teachers and mentors around us, other craftspeople. And then to the internal human being, there are the things of how do we manage our emotions? How do we manage our mental state? How do we learn and practice focus in our minds? So forth and so on. And there are tools and methods and procedures that we are taught. And there are mentors and teachers out there that one can find to practice those attributes as well. So when you start understanding that the human being is the primary material, then one can take a workman or craftsman-like manner to approach finding the right teachers who have the right tools to teach us how to bring these things together in balance and harmony. Because at the end of the day, craftsmanship is about balance and excellence. So Charles, let me ask you a question then. We're sitting here, middle, you know, middle of 2021, having faced 12 months at least of, of, of a pandemic and kind of no, un, no certainty into the future. So, so how, does, how does when somebody comes and, you know, pours a whole lot of acid over your masterpiece, how, how, does, how, how do the tools and resilience actually, you know, help you? Because there's a lot of people who'd be sitting there going, what the hell happened over the last 12 months? Yeah. And, and, and how did my masterpiece get ruined so quickly? That's exactly right. How, what, what happened to it? So imagine a craftsman or craftswoman who's working on an organic material, clay or stone or anything, and it's all of a sudden left out in the garden overnight and a tremendous thunderstorm comes along and wreaks damage and havoc on the primary material. The next day you wake up and you're now looking at that material and that's a human being possibly having gone through this particular circumstance we find ourselves in this past year. And you either have one or two reactions to it. One is complete terror and you know disconnect that you don't know or have the processes and skills to begin re replacing and or repairing the work because you can't abandon the work. It's the only one you have. You, you must continue. You just can't replace that piece of clay. A human being is with you all the time. So the key element to this is understanding first and foremost that part of 
making a masterpiece of your life has to do with understanding that you're working with an organic material. And if you're trained properly as an apprentice, you realize that conservation and self-preservation of that material is a critical part of your training so that when it does encounter a strong wind or a COVID virus, that on the other side of that or through that, one can maintain a certain degree of integrity of the material. And that requires training. You just don't do it intuitively because intuitively is likely that you may damage yourself even further because you're doing it in an unskilled manner. So how do you know when you are a craftsman or a craftsperson or a mentor, for example, that you've, you've achieved, uh, you know, you've reached the, the peak? How do you know when you get there, Charles? Well, in our trades, occupations, and professions, thank goodness, that's a subset of our lives. And we achieve that within a relatively defined period of 7, 10 years, 12 years, something along those lines. You can move through apprenticeship into mastery and then on, you know, for the, for the, for the deeper levels of understanding and, let's say, mentorship. In the craft of life, the craft of life takes place over about an 80-year period. It's not like plumbing or carpentry, which is learned and practiced over seven to 10 or 12 years before you're released as a master. So if you look at life the same way that crafts are looked at, the four stages of life, the masterwork stage starts at around age 45 and runs to age 65. It's about a 20-year period that you're in that stage. And then when you're age 65 and beyond, 85 and on to eternity, you're into the mentorship phase. So in the craft of life, your four phases, apprenticeship, journey work, masterwork, and mentorship take place across four stages of your lifetime. So that's okay. how you know. They're distinct chronological time periods. Well, okay. So let me ask you then, you know, that in the current world, you have, you know, we everyone blames everything that goes wrong in the organization on the millennials and the Gen Zs because they, <laughs> they have... You know, it's the easiest to blame because they have no commitment to anything. But but that is true. I mean, the, the, the reality is millennials in the workforce will will work, you know, at an organization for three to five years and then wake up one day and say, I'm leaving, not because they're unhappy with the environment, just because they want a new experience. They want to experience something else in their lives. Now, now that's a short, a relatively short time period for probably half the world's population. How does that apply? They, they haven't even got past, you know, the, the journeyman stage in their life at that point, and now they're changing to be an apprentice in something else again. So, so how do we compress all these timelines? It's very easy, actually. So let's differentiate between the craft of life as one craft and that the trades, occupations, and professions that we practice throughout our lifetime as subcrafts or microcrafts that we may take up from time to time. Let's keep those differentiated because they, they are. They're quite different. In the craft of life, your journey work phase lasts somewhere between the age 25 to 45. And this is a very distinct period in which very distinct things happen, raising of families and a variety of other things. It's the building and the endurance phase. Within that time frame, however, men and women will be going into various trades, occupations, and professions. They will be practicing them for a period of time. And then they may either 
switch and attempt to practice a new trade occupation and profession, or they may leave, as you were saying, a particular job uh, after three years, and they may continue that trade occupation and profession, but in a new location. Now, if you understand the history of craftsmanship throughout the world over thousands of years, what they are actually doing is the actual common practice of journeyman and journeywoman in traditional trades. The practice was when you were released from your apprenticeship and go into your journey work for your trade, your job was to move at least 60 kilometers away from your home and then visit master craftsmen's workshops a year or two years at a time, and then move on to the next one and get your journey work or your journeyman's journal stamped as you move through all these different places. So believe it or not, the millennials are actually practicing something very, very traditional. Wow, that's that's really interesting. So, so Charles, I want to run a sporting analogy by you. In Australia, we have this game called cricket. And I don't know if you, a lot of Americans don't know what cricket is, but <clears throat> you may do. Um, so in cricket, a guy bowls a ball and there's a guy at the other end of the cricket pitch, he bats the ball back, and then you have a bunch of other people out in the field. So you have specialist bowlers, you have specialist batsmen, and you have specialists who field really well. But every now and again, you get what's called an all-rounder. They can do all three of those tasks equally as well, and they're really highly valued in the team. Is it possible? To, to have or to have the role or be in the role of an all-rounder in your model? Yes, very much so. Absolutely very much so. So in your analogy, each of those individuals who are specialists are tradesmen or craftsmen in that particular position yeah. on the field, and they become excellent at it. Then you have the all-arounders who end up being in a workshop, in a given workshop, exactly that. They can move from work area to work area in the workshop, and they can achieve incremental excellence across a multiple set of disciplines within that trade or craft. In life as a craft, the fundamental objective is to achieve incremental excellence in five distinct elements, which would effectively be like five different positions on the team such that over your lifetime, you can play all those positions and together collectively makes you the all-star, the ultimate craftsperson, advanced in your years, capable across a wide range of things, and that's what makes you a masterpiece. Can, can you run us briefly through the five? The five are element one is family heritage. That is human beings are organic and they grow from the gardens we call family. So heritage and that means the past heritage, the present heritage you're growing up, and the legacy you leave behind is, is element one. And there are about 15 or 20 different subtopics to learn in that element. Element two is family and household management. That is the equivalent to managing a workshop. There is the physical infrastructure of the home, all the things that go on there. There are the processes and procedures for family members to love one another and get along and not be in constant conflict. This is what we learn in a workshop, right? So that the workers are working together and not constantly throwing each other off. The third elemental component in life as a craft is called family and personal finance. And this gets into the distinct differences between what we learn and what we do as individuals with our financial 
uh, let's say goals and objectives, and then how two individuals or more come together to form a family and operate a workshop and how collectively they decide to manage the finances for that workshop, a mom and dad, or however the, the family might be structured. The fourth element out of the five is the human being. Every craft has a primary material. And in the craft of life, the human being is the organic primary material that is going to be shaped and worked on over a lifetime to become a masterpiece. And the fifth and final element is tools for living. And, that, and those are the various tools that we use in all of the elements of life as a craft. And the concept behind it is the craftsman's way, which is you learn what the tools are, you understand what their function is, you can name them, you then learn how to apply them skillfully, and then you manage your tools to last as, as long as they've been designed to last, yes? So those are the five elements that you then practice over your lifetime to become a well-rounded masterpiece. Okay, and then so, so we all, we've, we've spoken for the majority of this interview around life. Now, I know that you do some work as a, as a gun for hire, which um, in Australia where we don't have guns and, and talking to someone in America where, <laughs> where guns are a different analogy, um, you, you've mentioned to me that you work as a gun for hire in the corporate sense, trying to, to help them master their business. Can you, can you enlighten me on what your work is in that area? Yes, there are two key elements that I do for business clients. Element one is having the senior executive team go back in time, go back in history, and ground themselves in the fact that they're running a workshop and that this is an ancient, ancient practice and that the management of a workshop is a commercial endeavor that has as its end deliverable a product or service of high quality such that the external outside community, and we all understand this, not only recognizes that quality, but comes back and, and, and demands more of that product. Now, workshop management in traditional craftsmanship is a skill unto itself. And in many traditional trades, occupations, and professions, one could not even present themselves to consider being able to open a workshop until one could present themselves as being a skilled craftsman or craftswoman in the trade in which they want to open the workshop. And the reason behind that was, the second thing that I help companies with, is managing craftsmen and craftswomen. Within a workshop, there are always three elements or individuals. There are the apprentices who are coming in in the learning stage. There are the journeyman and journeywoman who are trained but not yet distinguished as craftspeople, and they now put in their time becoming better at what they do and showing the quality of their work. The third component are the craftsmen and craftswomen who are the masters in their craft. Now, many managers of companies, meaning workshops, do not focus and keep a clear eye on these three types of individuals. Therefore, they mix them up and they interblend them all of the time. And that causes a lot of disharmony, especially when the master craftsmen and women who need deep work, 
who need the time to go deep into something and have unbroken concentration on that work are being interrupted constantly by the millennials and the, the Z generations running into their office and turning them upside down. Okay, so so if I extend that a bit more, then then in the current world, what happens? So in the traditional craft world, where someone was going through the apprentice, journeyman, and master, they they would get feedback when appropriate. So so you know they would go off do a task, and the task might take them a day, a week, a month, and then potentially get feedback. The current world, I, you know, I joke about Siri time and Google time, but in Siri time and Google time, our workforce want feedback on an hourly basis or daily basis, not a weekly or monthly basis. How does that change how we manage the workshop? Uh, it uh, it, it uh, confronts the managers of the workshop with the conundrum that they are either going to pursue craftsmanship and what it means and what the outcomes are or not. And that requires that they understand the distinct differences between these elements. Uh, You are going to see, and you are now seeing uh, the emergence in the business press of the, especially in particular in the software industry where coding, software craftsmanship, And how they talk and when they interrupt one another and don't interrupt one another is changing dramatically right now. And so you're going to start to see that this obsession with people having the ability to interrupt one another or reply all on an email is going to find its way out the door because people, unfortunately, uh, have become a little bit more controlled by their tools rather than being the masters controlling their tools. And so you will start to get those that have either been trained in understanding this properly and well, or they're going to continue to bump into this constant friction because they don't follow certain principles, which, by the way, these craftsmen's principles you will find today with words like lean for example, lean processes, right? And if you understand the history of lean and you go back into it in great detail, you're getting down into takumi and shokunin, which are crafts, are master artisan and master craftsmen from the Japanese traditions. That's where these things are coming from. They just have different names on them. So when you go back, they're alive and well, but far too many, you have too many entrepreneurs and too many CEOs that are not grounded in this. And the results are their workshops are a bit chaotic. Yeah, that's that's amazing stuff. Um, Charles, we are going to have to wrap it up there. Um, thank you for your mentorship today. Um, You're most welcome. Really thank you, Lindsay. Discussion. Uh, for our listeners, uh, they, you know, obviously I'm sure they want to find out more about you and more about your uh, life masterpiece. Um, where, where would they find you if they want to uh, contact you or read more about you or buy your books? Uh, give us some clues. Sure. They can go to mylifemasterpiece.com and that will bring them to the journal. And the journal is where I am now in my fourth phase of life, my mentorship phase, where I'm depositing the work and the lessons that I captured in the third phase of my life, the master's journal. All of that is now coming out and being made available to the public. Fantastic. Thanks, Charles, for, for joining us today. I'm going to pass back to Ryle now to close us off. 
Thank you, Charles, for joining us from Florida this, this morning for us and this evening for you. Thank you for sharing your, your life journey, your journey to making a masterpiece of your life. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker from the Business Excellence Podcast with a final reminder that there are amazing resources for you to download on your journey to excellence from www.excellencepodcast.com. Signing off for today's episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.